0: Hello and welcome back to the Chatterco podcast where uh, Connor and I usually discuss media in the form of to- by- topical based discussions, almost fucked that up instantly then, or reviews. Uh, usually even uh, solo, usually me. Uh, sometimes Connor gets involved, sometimes he does nothing about had too so far with him. But either way, I'm your host drinking Thomas Hughes, obviously Connor is sidelined for this one because this is his week off. Technically speaking he's had more than a week off with the fact that Alex did last week's as well. Uh, but, you know, I'll let him have some time off. It's, it's 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 nice to have a little solo review every now and again. Um, less worrying about trying to get him here to record. Either way, um, I'm going to hopefully... Uh, minimum is two for this. I've got two things I want to talk about. Obviously, one that recently uh, came out and is divided very heavily, uh, both critically and audience-wise. And one that's finished last week been running for a couple of weeks now uh, About f- three weeks i think it's been running so four episodes and two then two, yeah about three weeks um so those are my minimum two things i'm not going to say what they are just yeah i mean you can pretty gather what they are very quickly there if you're quick enough to brain to work um at this time of the day mine doesn't work that quick so i'd be going what the fuck's he on a bit um uh, but yeah so i'm going to talk about them and then the other two if they don't get them in this one, then I'll probably do an extra uh, episode, it'd be next week's week after focusing on them, because obviously I've just recently finished playing, so obviously I'm, my definite for this one is a move in a TV show, my possible extra for this episode, if not a bit different episode, is two video games. Um, so I'm going to get straight strange this, and I'm going to start off with the TV show, uh, which came out in January and it caught me off guard. So I, I, I'd half known about this TV show last year, I think it was. Um Hayden saw like a I think it was a trailer pop up on my YouTube feed. Um and she mentioned it and I was like, I've never heard of it before, I don't know what the fuck it is. And she was explaining it to me and whatnot and eventually when it came out I gave it a chance, I gave it a watch and I really enjoyed it. And that is has been hotel uh, first series and obviously if you don't know what that is It's literally uh, an animated TV show, an adult comedy musical that focuses on a hotel in hell that is trying to rehabilitate sinners so they can go to heaven. Obviously, it's then dealing with not just trying to rehabilitate sinners, also the fact that heaven are heavily against this idea. So it's very fucking, it's very uh, gory at times. It's very vulgar, it's very rude, and it's very funny. And obviously, this was based on a YouTube pilot that came out quite a few years ago. I'm not too sure exactly off the top of my head. Um, Hayden will be able to tell me instantly, but she's not in the room. Because she's off playing Baldur's Gate 3, I think. No surprise there. <laughs> um, so yeah, it came out years ago and eventually got picked up by A24. Amazon distributed it. Uh, they released the first four episodes uh, back end of January. The last week of January then got the final two, ep- uh, the next two episodes. And then, of course, the start of Feb was when we had the final two episodes, the finale. And the, obviously the last but one episode. And as I say, it's something that came out of nowhere for me. I didn't really know about it until maybe November, December time. And even then, didn't look into it. Never, I don't think I even watched Trader it. it. Um, I think I mainly put it on because I was, I know Hayden was wanting to watch it. I was like, I'll put it on. We'll watch it. I don't mind watching it. Uh, i was probably on my phone or something but i literally got that engulfed invested in it sorry that I've, I've what i missed the first time uh when i first wasn't fully invested but then slowly got invested i've then caught up on by rewatching it before the finale even aired so i've literally sat through the first uh six episodes because it is a eight episode series my mind's <laughs> my, mind, my mind my mind does not work at this point um I was sat for the uh, the six episodes before the, f- the last two came out. I so just wanted just wanted to rewatch. I wanted much to rewatch, and I was like, I know free from watching, I was watching them, but I I can't stop watching this. It it, it I think it's. I was, the story's fun? The acting's good, and the music is so catchy. It's the musical moments are really catchy across the eight episodes. That it just it just gets you going. I I, I cannot stop listening to the soundtrack at the moment. It's so good. Um, the characters are really good in this. Your main character is obviously Lucifer's daughter, uh, Charlie, and she's the one who's trying to re- obviously get this hotel working. So obviously she's got loads of uh, assistance throughout. But she's got a bartender. She's got a prostitute that is trying to help. He's the kind of the one that's the focal point of the rehabilitation at first. Obviously, then there's uh, Sir serpentus, a snake, who's the second one to be looked at for the rehabilitation she's got a girlfriend helping her, who's kind of like the bouncer of the hotel. And then you've also got Nifty, who's a maid and also a psychopath. And then finally you have uh, the radio demon, who's kind of the backer of the hotel, uh, helping fix stuff, helping uh, give them what they need to thrive. Of course, there's a lot more to this character that, that meets the eye. And this series doesn't even fully reveal everything about his character all you really know about his character is that he's killed some very to- uh, top dogs in hell uh since he's arrived uh and the only way you know they're dead is by his radio broadcasts that essentially emit the screams of his victims there's a lot of speculation to backstories and stuff and there's a lot of like lore uh, if you can read into it uh, obviously how these characters kind of got into hell um it's an interesting like it's a, there's a lot of interesting character development that's not in the show but if you read into it it's there and so this show then adds on to that by going and actually having hell versus heaven essentially um it's got a really good cast i mean for the fact that got keith david in it is so good and he's playing the bartender he's he's so good and he's got a lot of funny moments he's got a lot of moments where he's the uh, the the one that people talk to because that's the whole point of being the bartender is he's the one that people go to uh, and tell their kind of messed up stories to so uh, it, it, he's a very interesting character i think obviously nifty's probably the underdog character that is there for a few like humorous moments but when she does get further into the show you just go okay no, nifty's like kind of mvp <laughs> Um, she's kind of the strongest demon there is. Of course, there's there's a lot that this show can then go and do in later seasons. Obviously, with the cliffhanger finale, obviously the last shot of this series, kind of setting up where this is going to go in the next series. But there's a lot of other stuff that they can do, because obviously there's not just these uh, this group that we focus on, there's these other groups, the more overlord demons, the top dogs, obviously the one that the radio demons are part of, now for the fact that he's killed his way kind of into the group. Uh, there's a lot of stories you can be told about them that um, are yet to be t- sort of told, because there is quite a few of them. I mean, we really only got the cannibal overlord in the last but one episode, because the cannibals were part of the big uh, Heaven versus Hell battle. Um, obviously, there's a lot more stories they can tell involving Heaven, for the fact that, um, again, how the show ended. I'm not going to say anything about it, because it's too spoilery. Um Go check it out and you'll understand what I'm on to Obviously, there's a lot of... They, they can now address because of this finale. Um, because obviously most of Heaven, particularly Adam and his angel army, are kind of dicks. Um And he's kind of got the backing of higher-ups in Heaven uh, because they kind of don't want hell to, to kind of succeed. Um, but there are some up there that aren't in that same mindset. So, as I said, there's a lot of stories that can be told, not just about hell, but heaven. And, realistically, th- that would be interesting. Obviously, they could easily spin off a lot from this show uh, that they can address. Uh, as I said, they could easily do like, a heaven spin-off, focusing on them doing whatever they fucking do half the time. So, there's a lot they can do there. And, as I said, this show, watching the first four episodes at least obviously made me go you know i'm gonna check out hell of a boss because i was told that's pretty good and obviously that's actually got a full series on youtube and i pretty much backed through it within a couple of days if that and fucking love that as well uh so you can easy check that out That's it's an easy watch it's the same sort of style of this vulgar um comedy that one's got a few less musical numbers. Obviously, it's, musical numbers aren't its full focus. There are quite a few in it, but it's, it's not as more focused as this because Hasbro has at least two musical numbers per episode. Um, and these musical numbers are very focused heavily on what's going on in that episode specifically. So, for example, um, if we look at episode four... Which is obviously the episode I focus on. Obviously, um, Keith David's character and obviously this porn star character, um, Angel. Basically, the two music numbers in that. Obviously, one is Angel. One is Angel's music number, which is literally just showing how toxic his relationship is with his, with his boss. Basically, it, it, that's the whole point of the episode is showing that relationship and showing how this. Overlord, he's kind of a dick. Well, not Overlord, Overlord. He's kind of like the step below the Overlord, but he's quite high up And how much of a prick he is. And and obviously the the other musical number in that is Angel and uh, Hutch kind of coming together and singing about the fact that they're not so different in life. They're both basically uh, contractually obliged to another demon, and that's kind of fucking their whole deal of life up so each one is kind of focused around that so there's a a lot then around these musical numbers obviously the comedy between these characters there's there's a lot of grotesque moments not like fully grotesque but there there is some moments you look at oh that's that's quite nasty like people getting like fucking stabbed and stuff like that there's there's a few moments and i think the finale is one of the big moments for that because that's when the big heaven and hell what well, the whole season's been building up for since obviously the first episode with, when they met Adam and obviously um, his angel. From that point, it's then been building up slowly every now and again towards this fight between heaven and hell because of obviously a death of an angel. And they're kind of like, okay, we're going to come down and do an extermination early because their whole thing is exterminating uh, demons. They come down every year to fuck them up. But this sh- this season at least is about the idea of okay we're going to come 6 months early to uh, deal with it and i said so the finale is really good cuz it's just action packed there's a lot of heart in it there's a lot of sad moments but also kind of funny cuz there's a big sad moment which is actually quite humorous when you think about it and it it just might it's mind blowing and then obviously there's a the big penultimate moment in it uh which is really good. And so there's a lot of battles. And I mean, Lucifer gets involved in the final battle because you meet him in episode five, off the top of my head. Yes, five. Uh, and he, he's really good in this. And you kind of get to see his true sort of form as well. as Charlie's true form. Obviously you also get the uh, Radio Demon going full Radio Demon in this fight. There's, there's a lot of like, really cool moments and really cool one-on-one moments in this finale, which are just so worth seeing. And it, it this finale, the finale in general, just swayed me to change my mindset on my rating for the entire show. I had, I had a rating in mind, and the finale just went, no, forget that, Tom. This is your rating, though. This, this fucking. You think about every episode you watched so far. You loved them, yes, I did. Uh, so you know what to give this a fucking score. i say one thing I like as well with this, especially the music numbers. The later ones tend to utilize a lot of the certain specific lyrics from earlier wands and sort of adjust them into the new song so for example there's a song in the first episode called um hell is forever which is obviously sung by adam and he's basically saying basically, uh, uh demons kind of sent to heaven they're stuck in hell forever because they're sinners the whole point and there's a one in episode uh six when they're uh, dealing with heaven again and they're kind of arguing for this whole idea of we can re- rehabilitate them and send them to heaven. And the argument then is, well, no, you can't. Why are we even listen to this bullshit? This sh- they're there for a reason. And they obviously reference, again, that part of the song of Hell is Forever, and they, they tweak it into this new song. So I like a lot of the later songs tend to tweak some of the earlier songs into working for them. And so there's some really good character development throughout the show, and I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where this goes in... The next season and possibly hopefully multiple seasons afterwards. I will. uh, I will say though, obviously, I didn't watch the pilot after watching the first four episodes. I I I wasn't heavily blown away at the pilot. I enjoyed the pilot. Don't get me wrong. I thought the pilot was really good. For me, it was like an eight point five, maybe. It just wasn't as good as the actual main show. But I'm guessing I could probably put that to the fact that there's a lot more people involved now. That it's gone to a twenty four. It's gone to Amazon. Uh, I'm guessing there's a lot more people involved here to make it a much better show. Um, As I said, episode one to eight just blew me away, and you can literally stream them right now on Amazon. It's there to watch. It's about 20 ish minutes. 20 ish. Might be slightly over 20, might be slightly under. Um, obviously, each episode. I'm going to say eight episodes. Simple binge, really. You can do it in a weekend. You can, do, you can do it in a day, really. You can just sit through it and. If you don't get addicted to the music, then I don't know what you're watching because the music's so addicting. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I I think if I give this a rating, I'll give it a 10 out of 10. It's just it's I I think what helps me give it a 10 is the fact that the music, I'm not a big musical person, but there is a few that I do enjoy. And I think for the fact that the music in this is so catchy, I can't stop listening to this. I just keep listening to it every single day. The fact the musical numbers look so good, the characters are so good, and it the comedy is hilarious, and it's got a dark twist to it. I think that's why I have to give it a ten because it it just it wouldn't feel right not to give it a ten. Um, obviously, since I'm not really spoiling it, I can't really do the favourite moments and the MVP stuff. I feel like if I do like a, eventually down the line, if I can ever get Hayden back on, I feel like I could sit through and do a full. Spoilerish talk on this show, and obviously that's when we do the actual MVPs and the favourite moments and shit, because obviously that's only there for the full spoiler uh, episodes, and this isn't really a spoiler one, this is just me pointing out a few things that I liked. Um, anyway, I'm going to move on to my next one, which is another thing that came out the same day as... Actually, no, it didn't. Cause it came out a day before, technically, because there wasn't one showing of this film a day before, but then the The full main release was the actual day has been until finished. Uh, And that's Argyle, the new Matthew Vaughan spy action comedy flick. Um, Obviously, Matthew Vaughan, the guy who brought Kingsman um, and Kick-Ass to the big screen, as well as Rejuvenate X-Men with the first class entry. And this is his latest one, which is very divided at the moment. Critics have fucking slammed the shit out of it. I think there is a few that have, have said it's good. But a lot, a lot of critics have slammed the shit out of this movie. I sure it's his, like, worst-rated movies made by critics. Um, audience have had a better response to it. Not as high as I thought they might have been. But the response is a lot better than critics. It's just not for the roof. Um, like, Better. I think the last time I saw, it, for example, if we look on, if I go on *Rotten Tomatoes*, I think the last time I saw it, it was like seventy-one percent, something like that. So I think it, it's it's done a very much a *Meg 2* and *Aquaman 2* sort of situation because both of them were slammed drastically by uh, critics, but the audience gave it a more better response. Not out of this world; they gave it more of a it's entertaining. It's just not response. But I'm gonna go the opposite with that because I fucking love this movie. Um, it's one that, of the early portion of this year, because obviously I, it's the third film I've seen in the cinema this year. Obviously, I watched The Beekeeper and Meeting Girls last month. Um, it's the third one I've seen, and this is the one that, out of those three, was the one I'm looking for. Was looking forward to since I saw it. It's obviously, Beekeeper, it's no, it's not Jason Statham flick. Um, it's got that. It looked decent enough, it wasn't, it's not ever going to be a mind-blowing film, but I was looking forward to it to an extent. Obviously Mean Girls was the case, I was expecting to walk in and go, oh it's alright, but I walked out going, actually it's pretty much better than I thought, so neither of them two were ones that I was, cause if I if I had to make a list of the films that were coming out in the first couple of months, oh fuck off, someone randomly calling me, and it's a random number, mute my phone. Hey, fucking Call Center. This my fucking heading. Um, but yeah, as I said, if I was to make a list um, of the, let's say, films that are coming out from January to maybe March, fuck off, whatever you fucking were. Uh, it would definitely be on said list. I want to see what that actually is from. Reading. Fuck off, you're blocked. Um, I've muted it now. I'll go off again. Uh, it 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 probably... Off the top of my head, it probably would have gone on the list. I'm just trying to think of stuff that's come out between now and March. February is kind of, apart from Argyle, maybe the Iron Claw would have gone on there. Then March, Dune, and Godzilla's come out early. And, and goes with, yeah, it definitely. Def, yeah, definitely. I don't think there's any anything that probably would have pushed out the list. It's definitely something I was always looking forward to. Um... So it was one I was going to go watch instantly. It's got a really good, uh, big ensemble of cast, and they work really well. With what they've got, and so I went. And, I went and watched it. I think it was the second showing on Friday. It was available, and me and Hayden both walked out just being blown away by how good it was. Like the comedy is really good, and I, it's been slammed to hell by everyone for a lot of stuff. Uh, but I generally really enjoyed myself watching it. And I feel like that's all that matters really with a film. If you enjoyed yourself with it, fuck what everyone else said. You've enjoyed yourself. That's the whole point of uh, opinions. Like you, If you enjoy it, ignore what everyone else said. Uh, it, it, it means you, you you liked this movie. Fuck it. It's, 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 if people think it's trash, then that's that's their opinion. Um, but you enjoyed it, simple as. And I say, I really enjoyed this. Hayden really enjoyed it. It's It's got a lot to to it. Obviously, yes, yeah, some of the digital effects are a bit uh, could have been done better. I think that's the only real complaint I could say. Some of the digital effects. You can tell it's very heavy digital. Specifically, the very over-top finale. But... I'm letting it slide because that it, the finale was just fucking bonkers crazy. That, that, and I loved it. Um, Sam Rockwell and Freestars Howard work really well together. They're so fucking funny. And they bounce off each other so well with the, the comedy and the, the seriousness between them. that I definitely would like to see them do another movie together. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, never uh, Argyle. But it depends how well it does the box office. I know last time I saw it wasn't doing very well, sadly. But yeah, so they they work really well together. Obviously, John Cena has a few, few scenes in it. He's quite funny. Henry Cavill is fucking hilarious. Every time he pops up in this movie, it's so fucking. It, the editing is really well done in this film. It it, it just it's just hilarious. If you haven't seen it, uh, I'm not going to spoil it. But there is a lot of really uh, hilarious moments where they edit between reality and fiction. Obviously, uh, with uh, the character being forced to see, obviously the actual fight going down, and then her mind's also switching. The fact that it's it's trying to counter this by being like, "This isn't real. This is fake." Here's the characters you've made up from the book. They're, those sorts of, sort of situations, and I say that they work really well edited, and they're fucking hilarious to watch. Um, and it, it, it works really well the story does I know a lot of people complain about the story but I really enjoyed the story uh, <laughs> M Night Shyamalan be shitting himself with the amount of fucking uh, twists and t- uh, turns in this movie there's definitely more it is the twist in this movie the equivalent of like four or five M. Night Shyamalan movies <laughs> Um Vaughn just like I, d- I don't know what what the hell he was doing putting so many twists in one movie but for me it worked um, some of them you can see a mile away and some of them you don't fully see until the last second um, I know that uh, when I was, Hayden and I were talking after the film, there was one that she saw coming about five minutes I think before it actually happened and she started at first she didn't really think much of it but then she started thinking, of stuff, wait, why if this happens and then it happened, she's like, oh fuck, okay I, was, I saw that literally moments before it happened um, so there's something like that Um and I say, it, it, it's it's generally a really good movie. There's not much I can hate on it. I say, the only thing I can say is some of the CGI moments in the finale, you can tell are very heavy CG. But other than that, it's fun. Obviously, the cat's fun to watch uh, fuck up a lot of stuff half the times. Sam Rockwell's really good to watch, not just in his humour, but his action scenes. Henry Cavill's really good in the action scenes and his very cheesy humour, because obviously the cheesiness is meant to be from the fact that he's. Not real, he's a fictional character. Um, obviously, Sam Jackson comes in and does a really uh, good job with the small amount of screen time he's got. Brian Cranston's great as the movie's uh, main antagonist. Uh, he also got the mom from Home Alone in it, which I didn't realize until I was watching it. And I was sat the entire film going, Why she looks so, so familiar? Go at the film, went, Was that the mom from Home Alone? Hey, I was like, Yeah, I was like oh, okay, I, I, can, I can see it there. And yeah, it was definitely in the shouting that made me go, okay, I can see it's the mum from Home Alone, who then literally the same day got cast in the last of a season two and I was like, what the fuck? She didn't think at the moment. Um, but yeah, I liked a lot of the fictional stuff in this film, obviously John Cena and Henry Cavill stuff, which isn't a massive amount, but I liked the scenes you got with them. I liked the reality in it. It was really good. I say the fact that it's also got secretly like it's obviously a sp- spy action film, but at the same time, there's also this rom-com side to it as well. And it's just like, there's a lot of different genres mashed up in this movie, which as both me and Hayden said afterwards, it kind of makes you just want to go back and watch the Kingsman movies because it's got that Kingsman vibe just toned down from 12A since obviously Kingsman was a 15 and Argyle's got a 12A, a 12A rating. It's definitely got that Kingsman vibe to it. So we're at this point where we're like, okay, I kind of want to check out Kingsman again. Uh, I know I'm not a big fan of Kingsman 2. I like it to an extent, but I'm not, big, I'm not a big fan of it compared to the first one. The same goes for obviously the third one, but I do kind of want to see him again. Same with Kick-Ass. I mean, I definitely kind of want to check out Kick-Ass again. I haven't seen it for years. So this film is definitely made me go and want to watch Vaughn's other movies again because that's how much I enjoyed it. I enjoyed a lot of the stuff in there. It definitely, I saw the homage to his other films, and I'm like, okay, I want to watch these old films again, uh, because those homages have drew me back into his line of work. Um, and yeah, that obviously it ends on a, a cliffhanger ending, it ends with a little tease to what's to come, uh, both in a sequel and a prequel, and I'm, I'm all up for both. I'm all up for a prequel uh, showing... Um, the first book in this series that obviously the main character is writing i'm all up for this sequel to follow that cliffhanger ending uh down the line but problem is if not a lot of people can watch it that's when i'm gonna be fucked. because i was looking at the budget obviously of vaughn's films and this is his most expensive film and you can see it with this ensemble cast um with the amount of cgi in it the amount of action set pieces in it there's a lot in this that you can you watch and go okay i can see why this at this point is like a 200 million dollar budget compared to all these other films which i think uh when i was looking at online x-men first class uh was his most expensive one up to a point and that was like 170 170 million something stupid like that but this like is more than that which is crazy to think this is more than a marvel film but modern day cinema cinema for years if you're going this crazy you need the fucking budget and he got the budget from universe, um universe and just fucking went for it and, and sam i, I want to see more of this argyle universe i want to see where it goes next i want to see where it's been what we haven't seen yet but if fingers crossed it does what aquaman 2 did because that had a very slow start but did pick up as it ran along um the only difference, really, between this and Aquaman 2 is the fact that um uh, there is some films coming out in the next couple of weeks that could slow this down a bit. I mean, I know Madame Web's not signalled to do a radio at the box office, but that is still coming out, so that might still take people away from Argo. Or oh, then again, if that does bad enough, it might put people back in Argo. You know, fuck it, I'll watch that instead. Um, and you've also got the Bob Marley biopic coming out as well. I don't know how much that's track to take I'm not too sure and then of course start of march you got doom part two coming out because that's coming out a bit earlier than it originally was so it's it, it's got at least another week obviously as i'm recording this it's got at least another week but obviously as this episode goes out this is at its week this is its last weekend i've really seen where it can go at the cinema um let's see. i haven't seen where it's at as of this morning, in terms of how much it's made, I'll have a look at that after I have recorded. And say, it has got until Madame Web comes out to see if it can make any sort of dents. I say, I say, Aquaman two did well enough over time. It didn't do as like a billion dollars like the first movie, but it did like, over four hundred million, I think. Um, and now it's—I just literally noticed that before I started on Amazon, it's on there to buy. And re- it's on to rent now. So it's come, it's gone through its cycle, um. So hope as I say, hopefully Argyle goes for the same sort of cycle. It it managed to do well enough over the course of its cinema run, like not like mind-blowingly good in terms of uh, uh, take take backs, I think usually it's half the budget, isn't it? So you're looking at it, it needs to make at least three hundred million to make. Like it so it hasn't lost anything, um. And i think 400 million but then obviously mean it's got at least something back but then again this could be the case of if this does okay enough to actually warrant the sequel and prequel that's when they might have to look at dropping budget from 200 down um it's gonna let us elaborate let's drop it back but i'm gonna say it depends on how well this did it but to give it a rating i'm gonna give it the same way this game it has been over 10. that's another 10 out of 10 i i generally loved it it set a bar for me for this year in terms of films and it's it's gonna be difficult for some films to pass it i think the only ones that i'm looking at that come out this year that i can say are gonna have the best chance of beating this deadpool 3 instantly that's gonna be the probably the biggest one the apes might be a good shout out ghostbusters um those are sort of the big, big shouts that I can say might overtake this as my favorite film of the year. But for the moment, it's literally my favorite film. Neither Beekeeper or Mean Girls come anywhere near this. And as I said this is just my opinion. A lot of people would very much disagree with my opinion on this one. But fuck it, I'm giving it a ten out of ten. Again, it's I, w- I wouldn't mind doing a full episode on the podcast down the line when someone's actually watched it, not not just a uh, me. That he's able to watch, uh, able to record an episode. Um, I know Connor wants to, watch, as mentioned, want to watch it. It a leap of stuff, and maybe if he just watch it, we can talk about it then. But mostly um I do have enough time to talk about more things. At least one of my other things. Uh, so if we talk about games, obviously I just literally this morning sat through and finished the Alan Wake uh, American Nightmare game. The little tiny very tiny for the fact it took me just under three hours to play it uh, game that kind of is a standalone game, it, it obviously it's set after the first Alan Wake game but at the same time it's also kind of just like it's own little thing, it's not like uh, you need to play Alan Wake to actually play this game because it if you literally speak to characters in this game and they will, he literally explains the, the plot of Alan Wake uh, uh, obviously what happened in that getting taken by the darkness so there is that um, which I do like with these, obviously, Alan Wake games, the three of them. They're kind of their own little standalone things. You can just sort of play that one and not have to worry about the rest. So I do like that there's that to it. Um, and so this is, it's a decent game. It's not fucking mind-blowing good. It's not like the first Alan Wake game uh, that like just fucking drew me in, like the story, um, its unique gameplay its characters, that all drew me in. It was really cool um, playing as that uh, Alan, dealing with all this fucking darkness stuff. As I say, including the DLC and this, the uh, DLC is very repetitive in terms of it set pieces are the exact same from the base game, just in the the other side. Uh, whereas this takes you to essentially a newer location. Let's see, your set, set pieces for this are a motel, you've got a observatory, and you've got a driving theatre, and you're kind of dealing with stuff around these little areas. Now, Obviously, the difference here is there's a bit more of a slight open-world feel to this game. Not heavily open-world. Um, there's a bit more of an explorer side to it for the fact that there's 52 or 53 manuscript pages in this game. Uh, you've got your TV broadcasts, your radio broadcasts, um, your guns to find... All this is spread out across these small areas, uh, and each act because there's three acts in this game. They all pretty much take you back to the same areas again. So story-wise, it's after he's been taken to this other side, and it it it's kind of him confronting Mr. Scratch. So basically, it's evil Alan versus good Alan, and basically you get kind of drop into this this base this kind of. Motel area, you're above in the cliffs at first, and then you kind of have to make your way down uh, to the motel. Obviously, you're confronted by darkness. And again, you've got the same gameplay mechanics. Shine your light, shoot away. Simple, simple as that, really. It's very simple to get, uh, get around. But there's a bit more of a running, gunning kind of feel to this one, whereas the first one, you, can, you could kind of take it very slow. It wasn't really required... Um, Fast-paced gameplay, whereas this there's a bit more fast-paced, fast-paced to it at times, um, and there's a lot more weapons to this game than there was in the actual Alan Wake game. So, you, like for example, there's an assault rifle in this game, which, which I got very late on, but it's fucking good. There's this there's as uh, a combat shotgun in this game. There's a um, a fucking nail gun in this. There's a, there's stuff that you don't see in the main game. There are the st- we- weapons that you did see in the main game appear, and there are like everything else, like your flashbangs, your flares, your flare gun, those stuff that were in the base game, they're all here. So there's a, a lot that's in the base game here, but there's a lot they've actually added for the fact that it's got a more uh, action focus with this one, since there's a lot more newer enemy variants. So you've got like, a big go with like, a massive like uh, sword blade, you've got like, this fucking weird Guys that can kind of split into two when the light shines at um. You've got these ones that, the, obviously a bird, the, the swarm's a bird, it can kind of turn into a per- it's weird, like, monster. Um, and it can turn back into the birds to escape. You've also got spoilers to deal with. Mm-hmm. That kind of got me, I did not expect that, and it kind of freaked me out, because there's a lot of them. Uh, so there's a lot more enemy variants to deal with. Um, and obviously with the gun size of it, you kind of have to find the manuscript pages to unlock the bigger guns, so like the assault rifle, I think that was like 20 or 30 manuscript pages you have to find, I think and there's one chest that literally costs about, I think kind of said like 50 Like it, most of your fucking manuscript pages to unlock um, And they are pretty easy to find, the manuscript pages, not Like, it's difficult for the fact that on the actual map It will come up with a question mark and tell you That's where you need to go, that's where your manuscript pages. is I think I got to about 45 in the end, so I wasn't too far off but I know some of them I need you to go back into the other chapters because you can't get them. Even though you're in the same area, it only appears in that specific chapter. So it, it'd be a case of having to run through the game again. I just couldn't be asked with it because I kind of want to now jump into Control so then I can jump into Aliment 2. But as I say, it, it's still a fun game. The story-wise, it's, it's not as, you know, investing as the actual main Element game because of the repetitive time loop uh, scenario that's going on. But... It's it's still pretty cool. Obviously, it has a whole live-action sequences between each act, uh, and then obviously it ends on a live-action sequence to tie it all up, which kind of is a prelude to the actual Alamedic 2 game, which heavily uses uh, live-action. And this the story, as I say, drops you in this uh Canyon. You go to this motel. Um, you kind of meet your first character. It's a mechanic. Uh, she tells you some stuff here and there. Uh, tell you about the manuscript obviously use the manuscripts in this um each section has a uh, essentially tasks to complete the first one it's the case of you have to collect three things take it up to the the possessed oil rig and basically disable it that way uh, so it's like a cd player it's a battery it's a fucking it's uh like a a wheel thing for the oil to turn it off i can't think what it's cold off the top of my head. it has got a name but I'm fucking, my mind's just telling me shut the fuck up Tom. And that's like your first one. Then your second area which is um, your observatory is the case of you have to find the stuff to unlock the telescope and again there's like this, there's a scientist there who's helping you along the way. And your third area which is the driving theatre the woman there is kind of possessed and you kind of have to get the lights back on and get into the projector booth which is the bit obviously the main focus focus of this act is getting to that projector booth and every time you do it kind of sends you back to the first area again but each time the people you meet pretty much know like it's a new rendition of time but they still have memories of when you last saw them so their memories are still there and it kind of deals with all that shit as it goes along and each act makes it a bit easier so it's not the case of for example, the first act, you basically uh let's say to get those three parts you get those three parts, you set it all off, this whole fucking meet your show comes down, the music starts playing, it's like just fucking bopping. Um and then you have to uh go to the diner, you have to get some keys, you have to come back with those keys, uh to unlock the doors of the motel rooms, you then have to find another set of keys for the observatory a lot of that, as it goes along, you don't have to redo. You, I mean, I think you only have to go to the Dino in Act 1. You don't have to go there again. You can go around it, but you can't get back in there. Um, it's not needed because it bypasses that in Act 2. It's like, oh, oh I've got keys for these rooms already, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then by the time Act 3, it's like, oh, you don't need to even do that. Here you go, here's stuff for you. So it, it, it saves the, the repetitiveness in that. So it is a good thing that it kind of eradicates those sides of it. Um, but obviously, it's still pretty much the same case of it's just going from point A to point B, over and over again. I'm gonna have a drink my fucking throat's going on this one. Give me a sec. Oh, the drink I completely forgot I had, and then lifted the can up and realised it was half full. Um, but yeah, it's still it's still a good game. It's got, the graphics are decent enough. Obviously, it's an old game, so the, it's not gonna be like current Alan Wake two level of graphics. It's pretty much first Alan Wake level of graphics. It's it's a it's a fun little as I say, three-hour little adventure. You can kind of run past half a ship, you do have to worry about it too much. Um, as I say, it's it's still fun. Uh, off the top of my head, I mean, for the pro- for, uh, how much actually is this game? I, obviously, I got it through on sale. Six. Mm, that's not too bad, really, for six quid. I mean, it's no. Resident Evil 4 DLC, which is about roughly the same price and with more errors worth of content because I mean you can get a good Couple of errors out of that one. Where's this? Even to be fair, even if I didn't run half of it, I still think it would have took me less than four hours to play it because i got most of the collectibles. I think there's only a couple that I didn't get Obviously in terms of the non-manuscript ones. There's only a couple I didn't retouch really uh, And the menu and then I said the manuscript ones a quick five-minute exp- exploration. I would have found most of them, but I kind of just went through it as quick as I could because I just qu- wanted to jump into the actual proper games. Um, so, really, as I say, six quid ain't... I wouldn't say is isn't that bad. I don't know how much it actually was when it first ever came out, but as of now, obviously, it's five I say, that's not the worst price I've ever seen for a, a game that's literally... uh as I say, three hours' worth of content. I think in terms of... Ratings, I say it's nowhere near the first Alan white game, but it's still a fun little entertaining game. So I'm going to give it a 7.2. This one, it's good. It's just not amazing. And you say you can just skip it if you want to. It's not really necessary to play. But if you want to just have a little crazy run around shooting some more spooky ghost shadow people, as a new variant, of them you go for it. That's pretty much it. Uh, if you watched uh, Has Been a Tale, watched Argyle. Played either these uh Alan Wake, American Nightmare, or Quantum Break. Put your thoughts on all of them, or whichever one you've actually played or watched in the comments below. Um, you can check out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Audible, Amazon Music, etc., etc. Most of your podcasting platforms, it's there. You can to check out the actual video on YouTube. Uh, we you get to see my ugly mug struggling solo without kind of there to bounce off of. Uh, kind of should be back hopefully next week. I do have something in line for us to do, which should be pretty fun. Uh, and it just result in actual someone else talking, not just me, for a change. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. You can check out the Alan Wake review I actually did ages ago. I'll put that link in the description below. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. And so hopefully, see you next time. Goodbye.